The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. I'm super excited to be with you guys today. I want to give a special shout out before we begin all of our locations. Can we give it up for all of our campus right now? Leitersburg Campus, Classic Campus, thank you for tuning in. I, I want to thank... Pastor Patrick for giving me the opportunity to just share a little bit of what God has been stirring in my heart with our church. And, and so I believe that God wants to speak to us this weekend. And for, for us, I also believe that his word does not return back to him void. That means he's going to do whatever he wants to do whenever he says he's going to do it. All we have to do is just be ready to receive it. So we're going to jump right in to the book of Mark. So let me just give you a little bit of context. So Mark was an individual who had a, a historical account. He recorded all of a compilation of Jesus' work and ministry on earth. And so in Mark chapter 4, verses 36, you, you see Jesus. Jesus has been teaching for quite some time now, and in Mark chapter 4, verse 36, it's now late in the evening, and so we're going to pick up our story. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Now that's going to be important for us later. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. And Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Jesus was chilling. He was just knocked out. He was laid out on a little sofa. It says the disciples woke him up. It's the worst way to wake up anybody, just FYI, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Silence. And there's other translations where it says, Peace, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm, and they asked them, why are you afraid? Jesus asked his disciples, do you still not have any faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves, they obey him. Let me ask you today, why are you so afraid? What is that thing in your life right now that is sucking the life out of you, that is taking the faith right out of you? What is that situation right now that has got your mind in deep chaos? Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are illuminating your word to us right now in this present moment. Allow me to be a vessel. Let me decrease so that you may increase. Let you speak to hearts and you do whatever it is that you desire to do today in our hearts this weekend at Lifehouse in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, turn to someone next to you in all of our locations. I want you to join in. Turn to someone next to you and say, we're going to the other side. Come on. Now turn to the other person that you didn't want to choose first and say, we're going to the other side. 
We're going to the other side. And so you may be asking, what is the other side, Pastor Jay? The other side is, is that place of breakthrough that you have been believing for. The other side is that place where, where God wants to show up the most. The other side is that place where he wants to perform a miracle in your life. The other side is, is that place where your family is restored. The other side is that place where your marriage is made whole. The other side is that place where Jesus is inviting us to go. And so the disciples, it was late in the evening, it was time to pack up shop, and Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake. And so they got into the boat and they set sail for the other side, and all of a sudden a storm starts to hit. And so if it was me starting off, I would think that Jesus is a cool dude because he's been teaching a lot of great things. And, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, man, I may learn a thing or two while I'm, I'm setting sail to the other side. He may teach me a few things over here, not knowing that this teacher was going to present the test before the actual lesson. And all of a sudden the wave and the wind start, starts crashing down into the boat. Do you guys ever get to a place where, where you're trying to set out to go somewhere and it did not go according to plan? You ever, you ever tried to have this, this picture of what the other side looks like and whenever you got the product, it doesn't look nowhere close to the picture that you had in mind. You had this picture perfect job and all of a sudden you get to this job and life throws you a storm in the form of a coworker in the form of a, a nagging boss or, or perhaps you, you, you say you're set on, on going to the other side. It's this relationship with Mr. Right, not knowing it's going to turn out to be Mr. Right away and the storm hits and he turns out to be Mr. Wrong. You ever set out to go somewhere and it did not go according to plan? These disciples knew exactly what that meant. And so Margaret, my wife and I, we set to go on vacation uh, a few years back. So our kids had, had just gotten to that place where they're a little bit older, we can go away, and so it was Father's Day weekend, Bacon Fest weekend, and after eating all the bacon, I wanted to go on vacation, and so I, I set sail to go to, to the beach, to South Carolina. I'm, a, I'm an islander, so I'm like half fish, so I need to be around water in order for me to survive, and so we set sail to go to Myrtle Beach, and so here we are, I have the, the, the car all packed, up nice and neat got the swimming trunks ready the the, the sand castle materials all ready I got the rice cooker ready you may be wondering why in the world did this guy pack a rice cooker on vacation because hotels got everything under the Sun except for rice cookers and for Filipinos ain't no rest if there's no rice and so I'm just saying I'm just saying that's how we roll and so we got the rice cooker ready and we set sail to go to one of our favorite states North Carolina. Anyone from North Carolina in the house? Anyone? No one? Anyone in our other locations? Yeah, I love North Carolina, except except after this endeavor, right? So we set sail to go to North Carolina. I said, hey, babe, you know what? I'm going to take over from here. It's only five more hours to the beach. It was first day. First day. Day one of vacation. So we're driving in North Carolina, one of my favorite states. Kids are actually being nice. I had my two dogs. They weren't messing with each other. Me and my wife, we had the music cranking. We're like, you are the only king forever. And I was just getting lost. You know what I'm saying? I was getting lost in worship. And all of a sudden, sure enough, whoop, 
Oh, man. Open my eyes. There's a cop car right in my rear view. So I pull over, knocks on my, my window. So I roll it down. Hey, officer. And you know the, the infamous question. You know how fast you were going? And in the back of my head, I was like, I don't, but I'll, I bet you you're about to tell me. And, and sure enough, he did. And, and, and I didn't know. I was in a rental car. I didn't know how fast I was going. And everyone that knows me, I drive really slow. And, and so this, this time, it was completely different. It was like you were going 15 miles over. And I was like, oh, man, first day of vacation. It's not going too well. And I got this ticket not knowing that going 15 over in North Carolina counted as a misdemeanor. And I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What, what is misdemeanor mean? I just think that that's something mean for me to get. And, and I'm wondering, oh, man, am I going to go to jail? So quickly, I start texting all the fellas here at LifeHouse. And I'm like, fellas, I'm not going to make it back from vacation. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be a pastor. And maybe I can lead people to Jesus in jail. I'm not even sure, man. I was just trying to get rest, not get arrested. And, and so sometimes you set out to go somewhere, and it doesn't go according to plan. So these guys we're, we're going to the other side, and, and all of a sudden, the wind starts coming in, and Jesus gets woken up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we're drowning? So he gets up. He rebukes the wind. He speaks to the waves. and says, Silence. Be still. And he looks at his friends. says, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And... And these men start looking at each other. He said, who is this man? Who is this man that the wind and the waves obey him? I'm, I'm not sure what you came in here today carrying. I'm not sure if you had set your, your sight on, on getting to this side that, that you thought it was going to be this blissful place. And all of a sudden, you found yourself in a storm. If you don't find yourself in a storm, I'm just going to give you a news flash. In all of our locations, you will be in one. There is no one exempt from the storms of life. Even at times, these storms are self-inflicted. But what happens when the fear starts raging within? What happens when our courage and our faith tends to run away? If you have something to write with, I want to encourage you to, to take some notes. Maybe there's a place in your program, just jot this down, maybe on social media, just type this in on your, your smartphone, because what do we do, and how do we respond when the storms of life come into our bones? And it's this, I'm challenging you to live by faith, live by faith. It's, it's a lot easier said than done, I get it. Matter of fact, after Jesus performed the miracle, he looked at his disciples and said, have you still no faith? And these were individuals that absolutely knew Jesus. They followed Jesus closely, and they still couldn't get it right. How much more difficult is it for us? As a matter of fact, it's absolutely impossible for us to live by faith. Because no matter how grand the, the scope of the other side looks, no matter how good our intentions are, you and I, we have this, this desire, this innate behavior inside all of us that instills fear in all of our hearts, that rather than making it to the other side, we end up shipwrecked on the shore. And this, this fear causes us to steer into a trajectory of destruction, and this, this behavior is rooted from what biblical authors call sin. 
Sin is, is any action or thought, any intention that goes contrary to who God is. And this sin is like a storm that rages deep within all of us, and it wrecks us internally. It ruins our hearts, and it, and it brings our minds and our thoughts into chaos, just like the, the disciples. They went down into the boat while Jesus was sleeping, and he says, don't you even care. There was a, a fear and a worry, and, and this, this sin allows us to continue to live our lives walking, walking throughout our day-to-day business just in fear and chaos and trembling and in terror, and not just affecting us inwardly, it affects people outwardly. It affects people in our boat, in our, in our circle of influence, and what we start doing is we start imposing our fear on someone else. Hey, I'm scared this might happen to me. You should be scared too. Hey, hey, you know what? I'm going to start imposing my doubt on someone else, my kids, my spouse, my friends. I'll start, I'll start spouting out my terror and my destruction on someone else and everyone else has this this inward fear in them now and worst of all we find ourselves much like the people on the other side of the boat without Jesus see the storm of sin separates us from Christ and we're out just waving don't you even care that I'm drowning this sin causes us to drown but God but God saw us drowning. He heard us drowning and, and he cared. He loved us so much that he actually sent his son who was not inside the boat of our life. He sent his son to this world to die, to take upon our shame, our fear, our guilt, our punishment upon himself. He, he looked at the raging sea of sin and said, silence, be still. And there was a calm. And by faith, when we place our faith in Jesus, we, we take on the, the, the newness, the forgiveness of life, but that's not it. See, he, he can jump into our boat and get us to the other side free and forgiven, but if we're still the same, we're gonna mess up the other side. And so what Jesus does through faith is not only give us forgiveness, but he gives us a brand new kind of life through his spirit. And so his spirit, there's, there's a spiritual exchange that takes place. Fear moves out, faith moves in, and all of a sudden, rather than walking in cowardice and terror, we can now walk in courage and in faith that no matter what storms you face in life, because of the Spirit of God that is within you, you can face it by being still. So how do we actually live by faith? I want to I give you three complimentary thoughts today, and the first is this. To live by faith, you have to know who is in the boat. To live by faith, you have to know who is in the boat. And so Mark chapter 4, verse 36, it says, So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? In verse 41, they, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves, they obey him. Is it possible that you can know more about the storm than the man that was sleeping through it? 
Is it possible for us to, to know more about the storm than, than Jesus who already stepped inside the boat? Because if we knew the one that was inside the boat, perhaps we'd be sleeping through the storm too. I see the disciples that was inside the boat, they, they were fishermen. They were already skilled individuals, so they may have already seen this kind of storm coming. Hey, I know those kind of clouds. They bring these kinds of winds. They bring these kinds of waves. I've seen that kind of addiction before, and I've seen addictions like that take people out. I've seen that kind of relationship struggles before. I've seen it take other people out. Let, let, let's, let, let's, not, let's not go out to to that sea, but it was this man, Jesus, that was in the boat that made all the difference in the world. The only problem was they only knew Jesus as a teacher. So they, they, they looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, teacher, don't you even care that we're drowning? Don't you love it sometimes when people get mad at you for not being worried because they're worried? They looked at Jesus and said, don't you even care that we're, we're drowning, Lord? They didn't even tell Jesus to stop the storm. They didn't even tell Jesus to, to wake up and rebuke the winds and the waves. They just wanted to wake him up to complain. They, they, they knew that, hey, look, a teacher can't calm the storm. Only God can do that. And so many times what happens is we allow the storm to dictate the size of our God that's inside the boat. And so the storm of need starts saying, your God is too small. And all of a sudden, the storm of depression starts screaming out, your God is too weak. And the, the storm of defeat starts screaming out and saying, your God is not big enough. But what if the same Jesus that said, let's go to the other side, to the promise in which I've given you, also knew that there was a process to the promise, and to get you to the other side, you've got to go through the eye of the storm. What, what if this Jesus knew that there was going to be a storm that was going to be headed their way on the way to the other side, because that's why he was sleeping. Jesus sometimes sends his people. God will sometimes send us through the storm in order to reveal who's inside the boat. Sometimes in order for us to see that God is a victor, he has to take us through the storm of defeat. Sometimes in order for us to see God as a God that can heal will sometimes take us through a place where people will backbite, people will talk negatively of you people will hurt you and sometimes God will will be known as a provider only through the storm of need what whatever you call out to God is whatever kind of calm you will receive a teacher couldn't stop the storm he could teach you how to swim only God could stop that storm secondly is this to live by faith, we have to leave the crowd behind. We have to leave the crowd behind. Mark chapter 4, 36, it says, so they took Jesus once again to the boat, started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a, a, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. 
Next slide. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you even care that we're going to drown? You know, there's many people that will not make it to the other side because there's a lot of comfort in the crowd on the shore. There's a lot of really good company in the crowd on the shore. As a matter of fact, it's a lot safer on the shore. It's a lot more secure on the shore. You actually have a lot better vantage point on the shore. You're seeing the, the clouds well up. Oh, that looks like a storm cloud. I'm glad that I'm safe here. I can run to shelter faster on the shore. The only problem with being on the shore is you never see a storm get stilled. The only problem on the shore is the shore never actually moves you over to the other side. And, and so you have to leave the crowd behind. And it's easy for people on the shore to say a lot of things about the people on the other side. Oh, you're, you're too young to go over to, to that side. There's no way God can use you. Oh, you're too old. Uh, you're, not even, you're not even a Christian long enough to, to get over to the other side. You're too tall. You're too big. You're too small. You're too, you're too ill-equipped to get to the other side. That's why you have to silence the voice of the crowd and leave the crowd behind. So they left the crowd behind, but it said that there was boats that end up following them. I have to wonder sometimes that on the way to the other side, some of the greatest storms that end up swinging us shipwrecked is the storm of comparing ourselves to the crowd. You know, there, there's, there's other boats that started following them, and I have to, to wonder, what if there were bigger boats next to them? What if there were prettier boats? What if there were nicer boats that was next to, to their boat? What if there were faster boats, taller boats, stronger boats that was next to them? And all of a sudden, we're, we're, we're thinking on our boat, what if they get to their side faster than we, we get to ours? And so you start waking up, Jesus, hey, Jesus, don't you even care that, that we're drowning? And the only reason why we, we ask him if he cares is because all we're doing is comparing ourselves to the crowd and we start to question his lack of motion for uh, a lack of emotion that he's showing us. But sometimes we, we start to look at someone else's highlight reels with our behind-the-scenes work, and we start to see the holes in our boats. We start to see the water inside of our ships. We start to see what our, our ships is doing, and it's sinking. And, and God, it seems like you, you seem to care more about their boats than mine. I wish mine was, was a lot more like theirs. You know what sometimes God will do and use the storms for is to reveal the storms that's going on inside of our hearts. Because what good is it for God to deliver you out of the big storm if you've got your own storms and taken it to the other side? What good is it if, if, if God shows himself up as a provider and then you are still comparing yourself to the rest of the Joneses when you get to the other side? What good is it if, if God shows himself that I'm more than enough for you and he takes you to the other side but you're still dealing with this comparison. I want to be just like her though. I want to be just like him though. This next relationship is the, the thing that's going to complete me right now. You will mess up. You will wreck the other side with the storms that's going on 
within, you've got to be willing to leave the crowd behind. Lastly, is this, to live by faith, we have to be still. We have to be still. That's it. In Mark chapter 4, verse 39, it says, When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man that they asked each other? Even the winds and the waves, they obey him. I love this picture of Jesus waking up. I mean, he's tired. He's been teaching all day long. And all of a sudden, you got these dudes just shouting at you, teacher, get up. Don't you even care that we are about to drown? I mean, if, if that was me, I'm halfway awake. There's about to be a storm that's coming your way. There's thunder and lightning. Don't get caught up in my storm, man. And, and here is Jesus. He gets up and, and he rebukes the wind. And he says to the waves, silence. But what happens next, I have to wonder, that next line, those two words, is so powerful that I don't think he really meant it for the waves as much as he means it for our worry. He says, be still. Many times the storms that tend to sway us from getting to the other side is deeply rooted from the sounds that we are hearing around us. There's no way God's going to bring you out of that one. Another mess up, there's no way that, that she'll accept you back. There's no way that they'll give you another shot. There, there's no way. And we, get, and we begin to, to start experiencing this internal chaos in our minds. And, and what God has to do is say, silence. Be still. That command is more so for our hearts than it is for the sea. He's telling us to be still even when the sound of our situation right now seems like our world is falling apart. Be still. He, it, it means that even when the doctor's report doesn't look promising, we're still going to start believing and we're going to continue to keep pressing and praying and thanking and serving and loving and being still before God. Being still has nothing to do with a lack of motion as it has to do with the posture of you and I's heart. And it's at rest because we've placed our faith in him. I want to ask you today, maybe you're here right now and Right now, you find yourself in the boat of your situation, in the middle of your chaos. And, and you're wondering to yourself, does God even see me drowning? Perhaps you've set sail in your own imagination of what this other side looks like. Except you went out before Jesus got in, and you've got yourself stuck in the middle of a situation, and you're wondering to yourself, can I even make it there still? 
the only way that you can ever see yourself out of this storm is by inviting Jesus into your boat. The only way that you're ever going to experience the promise and the purpose the favor and the blessing of God only comes when we place our faith in him. And if you've never done that, and in all of our locations right now, I want to encourage you. That's your step. God sees you. Yeah, you may seem like you're sinking, but God sees you, and he wants to save you from your drowning, and he wants to show you to the other side. Maybe... You're here today, and you've already placed your faith in Jesus. Perhaps you've been fighting the storm so long that you forgot that he was still sleeping in the boat. And you thought, hey, you, you stay sleeping. I'm going to keep fighting Jesus. Can I just tell you right now that the God who's sleeping through the storm is bigger than the storm itself, and he can tell the winds and tell the waves to silence, but more so what he wants to do is to silence our hearts, silence the chaos of our emotions and the chaos of our minds right now. What is the place right now that, that perhaps you, you would have thought, man, this storm is lasting so long, there's no way that I'll make it to the other side. Can I just tell you the promise? It still stands. He's still going to get you through it. He's just got to get the storms out of you first. I want to begin by praying for you, Father. I thank you for your word. I thank you right now that you're, you're a God that stills the oceans, but you're the God that stills your children. You still every raging fear that we have. You still every raging doubt that we have, God. And, and, and God, you are a God who is good, who is faithful. And I pray right now, God, that we would truly understand that your promise still stand because you're still God inside of our boat. Uh, we love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.